Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors beat the Orlando Magic as they should have. You got to get those wins against those lesser teams. The Magic were down like, I don't know, like four or five of their best players. You didn't have Aaron Gordon, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony. If they didn't win this game, this would have been a really, really, really lame loss. It could have been probably one of the worst losses of the year. But let's focus on some positives. Steph Curry, once again, just looked amazing. He looks totally in command, like he says, of his game. He looks like somebody who is mentally in his prime and physically in his prime. I think Michael Jordan said something once about being like, in his early 30s, 31, 32, and that's where his physical abilities were still at their peak and his mental understanding and just wisdom of the game and knowledge of the game were also kind of peaking. So it's fair to say that Steph is right there. He's peak Steph. He's still in his prime. The question is, like, will his prime be extended because of the way he plays, the way he takes care of himself, and, of course, the fact that he pretty much had a year off last season. His legs have one less year of mileage on them. So that's good. That's promising. I definitely think he should be in the MVP conversation. I think everybody acknowledges that at this point, but it's just a question of where, right? Like if the Warriors don't make the playoffs, he's not winning MVP. If they squeak into the playoffs, then he still probably won't win it. Like what is the barrier to entry for Steph. There's teams that have better records who have players who are leading them to the promised land, Embiid, LeBron. If things keep going this way, I mean, Embiid has a great shot because voters always have fatigue. So they voted for Steph for years. They voted for LeBron for years. If the Philadelphia Sixers can really stand out and shine in the East, then he might be the one to beat out. Nikola Jokic, I mean, the Nuggets... Record needs to improve as well, but his stats are insane. So Steph is having an amazing season. If the Warriors were like one, two, or three in the Western Conference, I would be like, yeah, there's some pretty good odds. But right now, it's a tough call. I mean, the Warriors have to gain some consistency, but it could happen. We've always said 20 to 30 games. They're getting to 30, so will they hit their stride? If we can't win the title, I mean, hey, we could mark this uh, strange-ass season with a third Steph Curry MVP. That would be nice. And Andrew Wiggins, man, that guy had a good game. I enjoy watching that dude play. I mean, he may not show crazy athleticism, the athleticism that everybody says he has, but it's a joy to watch him work, work on defense, get crafty on offense, And hey, I'm glad he's on the Warriors. I wish he weren't so expensive, but hey, like I always say, it ain't my money. I mean, Wiggins shot 8 for 13. Oubre, he shot 6 for 12. And he had 10 boards. I guess the basketball gods heard me and actually allowed these two dudes to have good shooting nights on the same night. Yowza. So the Warriors were, you know, in terms of that second unit too, like Eric Paschal seems to have dropped off a little bit. I don't know if he's still hurt or if... The makeup of the second unit is kind of messing with his mojo. It's been kind of happening since Ubre started playing with the second unit. So I don't know if that's an issue. I have to look closer at it, but just some trends, you know. Once you get Wiseman back, you put him in the second unit. I mean, that 
could be kind of fun to see with like a rejuvenated Ubre, a confident Wiggins and Wiseman. That's not bad. And Juan Toscano Anderson. I mean, that's everybody's favorite dude now. That guy is such a great story. Love that dude. Love watching him play. He needs to work on his touch around the basket sometimes. Seems like he kind of goes off the glass a little hard, but that's nitpicking for a guy on a two-way contract. He has great energy. He has the trust of Stephen Clay, which is great. And he seems to make the right basketball play for the most part. Again, like, you know, when you look at someone, he's 6'6", <laughs> in the Warriors small ball offense, he can guard anyone one through five he's kind of forced to when you look at the Warriors bench when everybody's healthy I alluded to this yesterday when I talked about the G League game between the Ignite and the Santa Cruz Warriors Juan T he is more valuable than Jordan Poole and he seems to hit three pointers at least as good as Jordan Poole I don't know the percentages but the eye test lately so just something to keep your eye on in terms of evaluating Jordan Poole who knows? Maybe the Warriors decide to package Poole and Ubre and something else by the trade deadline in March. I wouldn't be surprised. So the Warriors get the Brooklyn Nets next at home. I remember in an earlier podcast this season, Vu Bang had mentioned that you know the Warriors playing the Nets beginning of the season are going to be a totally different team from the Warriors who play the Nets like in February. And now it's February. And they are different from the opening night team. I don't expect them to get blown out. I mean, the Nets are having their own damn problems ever since they traded for James Harden. It sucks that we won't have any centers, any true centers. Uh, we won't have Looney or Wiseman to to play against the Nets. So that's a disadvantage. But we'll see. I'm super bummed that KD doesn't come back to the Bay Area in front of fans, just out of sheer curiosity. I would love to see the reception he gets. Smart fans would be super appreciative of what he did, who he is, how he performed for the Bay Area, how he put it on the line against the Raptors in the 2019 finals. Casual fans would probably boo him, you know. But I guess we're not going to see that for at least another season, knock on wood. And by then, like, the... <laughs> the emotion might just be gone, you know? It might be like, oh, yeah, there's KD. I think he used to play here. Also, I just got to say that I don't know if you guys have tried this Clubhouse app, but I'm on it, Vubang's on it, and we tried having a room and watching the game in a room, and it was chill. It was weird. It was harder to pay attention to the game when you feel like you have to keep talking and you're talking to strangers and random people about Lord knows what, but it's something maybe we might try again. Maybe we would do. It was kind of akin to, I guess, I don't play video games, but like that thing where you play video games and you're talking to random people <laughs> while you're playing. I guess that's what it was like. But if, if you happen to be on the Clubhouse app and you are interested in popping by our uh, viewing room sometime, shoot me a message on Twitter or whatever, and that will encourage us <laughs> to do it again. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. And be sure to share this podcast with your warrior fan friends. 
The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.